we shift our focus to the NFL draft, and there is nobody, nobody better on planet Earth to talk NFL draft oh, with than no. our next guest, Mel Kuyper Jr., who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line from ESPN. Mel, we love it when you come on the show, so thanks so much for making it happen today. We appreciate Dan, it. Dan, Vince, great to be with you guys. Uh, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. They could be in a very enviable spot at number three if we get teams jockeying to move up to three to take a quarterback. What are the latest things you're hearing on, on those maneuverings uh, right now, Mel? Well, it depends a lot on this Lamar Jackson situation with Indianapolis mm-hmm. and what happens there. And then certainly uh, was Seattle's going to take a quarterback or go defense at that point. Uh, Las Vegas, it seemed like, was maybe interested. Then with Jimmy Garoppolo, you hear different things that they're not now. Uh, yeah, it's just some teams, Tennessee at 11, you keep hearing quarterback. Atlanta at 8, are they going to move forward with Desmond Ritter? So there's a lot of teams that potentially could look to go up if the right quarterback is there. Yeah. And, and you don't know who they really like. That's the whole key to this, that where Arizona's sitting, who does Carolina take, who does Houston take? If you say it's Stroud and Young, one, two, guaranteed, and nobody else is in the mix, which is the way it looks right now, I'm not buying the Anthony Richardson talk, regardless of how a useless pro day goes today, and pro days are useless in the, in the evaluation process, so this won't matter, but if Stroud and Young go one, two, does, does a team love Richardson and Levis enough, or Levis enough, to move up to get them? That's the whole question, is how they rank those two other quarterbacks. I'm so glad you said that. Because for a while now, you know, I, I've been watching some of this stuff from Anthony Richardson, and I thought to myself, okay, this is the perfect litmus test for the NFL because his measurables, the stuff you can throw down at a combine or a pro day, it is mind blowing. And yet the game film tells you something completely different. Tell us more what you think about this, and how, how do you think the league is going to react? How far will a team reach for him? Yeah, he's so talented, and he's got so much potential. In a league where running quarterbacks are thriving, he's going to be one of the best. So you can do things with him. Look what Daniel Jones is doing. Look what Josh Allen's doing. Look what Jalen Hurts is doing. Lamar Jackson started that process rolling, and other quarterbacks are doing the exact same thing now. And it's not not 10 or 12 of them. It's a handful of quarterbacks that are running threats now. And that's where, again, he can be one of the elite running quarterbacks in the league. Now, his arm strength is phenomenal. He He has the size. He has the strength as a runner. He's got a power rocket arm, but right now he's a work in progress. His accuracy to all three levels is not what you want. He only has 13 career starts, which is an incredibly low number. So there's concerns with him to the point where I think he's going to be the third or fourth quarterback taken. So I would have him fourth. Uh, some teams may have him third. I'm not buying into the whole Hendon Hooker talk this week. I have a second round grade on Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Some people I know Mike Tannenbaum had him going five to Seattle. I'm not buying that, but that's Mike's opinion. He has a right to that, and he, he really likes Hendon Hooker. I'm not as high on Hendon Hooker as he is, but I think when you look at the other other quarterbacks, Levis and Richardson, I would have Levis ahead of Rich Richardson right now. Mm. Mel Kuyper, ESPN <laughs> NFL Draft Analyst, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. For the Cardinals at three Everybody's looking at Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. Highly productive career, and I think that would be a great spot to help rebuild this defense with with Jonathan Gannon. Tell us more about what you think about Will Anderson, the player. Love the kid, love the character, love the way he played at, at Alabama. He, gives you, he really gives you everything he has. He, he wasn't interested at all in NIL deals. Nothing as a freshman, sophomore. He said, hey, that's time for that. We'll worry about that. I'm, I'm all business. He wasn't interested in any, any uh, you know, thing that was going to take him away from his focus on football. And this year, teams knew they had to obviously negate him. So he was chipped. He was obviously going to be contained a little bit better than he was, where he was not at all contained in 2021. Uh, this year, uh, you know, the stats dropped. I, the thing I will say about, about Will Anderson Jr., when people say, 
is going to be elite. So elite means Miles Garrett or Von Miller in that mm-hmm. league. Nick Bosa. I, I didn't see that at Alabama, but hey, it, with his work ethic, you know, he's going to be a sponge. He's going to listen to everything that defensive line coach tries to teach him. Uh, right now, he doesn't have the bend or the explosiveness of those guys. Can he develop the bend? We'll see. Uh, but he's going to be clearly you know, one of the top guys in this draft. I have him second on the board right now. And Jalen Carter with the character concerns, you could argue Will Anderson Jr. is the best player in this draft. So they can get that type of player at three or four or trade down even further and still get him, which I would doubt, and that's the tricky part, guys. How far down can you move? That's why when I projected the trade with Indianapolis, it was going down from three to four. Well, yeah. going from three to four, you're guaranteed Will Anderson Jr. Move further down than that, and you're not. Yeah, and you kind of led me to where I'm going with that question. I think that would be a win-win. You move down to four, you still get Will Anderson if you're the Cardinals. But if they move down a couple of other spots and end up with a with a you know a Wilson from from Texas Tech, how much of a drop off is there in that scenario? Wilson's got a ton of talent, uh, uh, no question. He's got big time talent. It's just to me they dropped him in the coverage some. Uh, They you know he was banged up at the end of the year with the foot. He had surgery, Uh, but his play was perfect. To me, I didn't always see the explosion and the dominance, and just against guys that he's, aren't going to be playing in the NFL. He wasn't able to beat one on one sometimes. And to me, you have to be able to do that in college, where these guys aren't going to be NFL offensive linemen that you're working against. So that I, he looks the part. If you could draw up a guy as a defensive end slash outside backer, it would be him with his length and his size and his athleticism. So uh, no, again, here's a guy a defensive line coach is going to look at and say, "Give me Tyree Wilson. I can make him a." 12 to 15 sack a year guy. Right now, I don't see it. Coaching is going to determine his fate in the NFL. There's been a lot of ups and downs in Arizona, as you all know, regarding Kyler Murray. Has he become a cautionary tale for Bryce Young, or his, is his height and size not going to be an issue come draft day? I don't think it will be a huge issue with the team that takes him because they're going to say, we don't care. It doesn't bother us. It bothers a lot. It has to bother teams. And it has bothered teams. I've talked to teams since September, about August, about Bryce Young, and they thought he would be 5'11", 180, 185. He ended up being 5'10 and a quarter, 204. Now, the 204 was manufactured. Uh, that's not, he didn't get weighed at the, combo, at the pro day. Why? Because he didn't want to get weighed again. He figured, okay, my weight dropped. I don't want a red flag going up here. So you got me a 204. That's all I'm going to show you. 204 is the number, and that's it. You're never going to weigh me again. I will never be weighed the rest of my life. And, and that's basically what he was saying. So uh, is he going to play at 185? 190, and if you think that there's not a concern over that with teams, then I don't know how you can't be. But the team that drafts him better protect him and just better better hope that he doesn't you know get banged up because at 5'10 and a quarter, 190, I don't care if it's 200, he's still the smallest quarterback in the history of the common draft to go in the first round. Mel Kuyper, NFL draft analyst for ESPN, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Cardinals go into this draft, especially with the way that they've attacked free agency with so many holes, as you know, Mel. So moving down you know, a high second round pick with needs on the offensive line and at cornerback and other premium positions. Where do you see the Cardinals possibly going and who are some of the candidates for that spot? Cornerback is so good uh, this year where you can wait a little bit on corner. Now, if you move down and you looked at a corner like Devon Witherspoon from Illinois in the top 10 somewhere or Christian Gonzalez from, from Oregon, I love Emmanuel Forbes. If Emmanuel Forbes dropped to the early second round out of Mississippi State, I, I love the kid. 14 career interceptions, six uh, pick sixes. He's smooth. He's athletic. He ran 4-3-5. He's 166 pounds but never missed a game because of injury and three years at Mississippi State. He's got length. He's 6-1. Love that kid. Uh, 
Uh, DJ Turner, Michigan, is going to be really interesting in the early second round. After running that 4-2-6, he played off. He played man. He was a special teams guy before he became a starter. Jim Harbaugh loved the kid. Uh, so I think he would be. I would think if Forbes were there, I don't think he will be. But if he did slide through, you got to take him, in my opinion. I don't think he will be. The realistic corner to be there would be DJ Turner from Michigan or Cam Smith from South Carolina. Keely Ringo from Georgia, who some like. I'm not as – I think he's a little overrated. Uh, so those would be the corners that I would look at. Turner from Michigan and maybe Cam Smith from South Carolina. You know, under Steve Kime, the Cardinals frequently drafted the best player available. They frequently drafted um, non-premium positions with premium picks. Got into some trouble that way. The new regime, Monty Asenford, Jonathan Gannon, they're talking about drafting for need. What I guess I'm asking you is, after mm-hmm. all these years of doing this, Mel, are there is there a right way to rebuild a football team like we're looking at in Arizona? I think the best player at a position of need is what teams have done. So I think they've kind of intertwined those two points and made it work. Uh, you can't go in saying we're, we're going to draft a guy. If we're, if we're heavy at, at on, the, on the D-line, as some teams do, look at the 49ers. They loaded up on D-linemen when they had defensive linemen. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Tannenbaum had Seattle taking two defensive linemen, or excuse me, Detroit taking two defensive linemen when they already had Aiden Hutchinson from yeah. last year, Josh Paschal from last year, John Kaminsky. The list goes on and on and on. So, uh, and they were satisfied with their DT. So he still had them taking two defensive linemen. He said, hey, look at the 49er profile. You can do it. Problem is, you don't want to put so much money. Look at the Reds, the Washington Commanders with all the money they have on the D-line. To me, that's not, that's not the best way to go about your business. So I think it's the best available player at one of the four positions of need. Most teams have three to five. Some have six positional need areas. So you can certainly find a best player on your board will be probably hitting one of those need areas. And guess what? guys. Teams adjust their boards to suit their needs mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So uh, you know, the, the whole board change, I've heard scores about the board changes from the night before the draft till the morning of the draft. Uh, and they didn't even have anything to do with it. Somebody goes in and just adjusts it to make it fit to suit what they want to do. Mel, amazing as always. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for Bravo, spending a few Mel. minutes with us. We appreciate it.